Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to TF3. Today we are obviously talking about the UEFA Champions League final. Real Madrid are champions after beating Atletico Madrid on penalties last night. Dave's here. Honey, I'm so excited to talk about the Champions League final. What a game of football. And Chris is here. It's a pleasure. So Real Madrid are champions day, winning on penalties, as I said, 5-4 in the end. Uh, Real Madrid scoring 0-5, hitting the post for Atletico Madrid. Ronaldo scoring the winner, Dave. He had the vision. He saw it come to light. He said Real Madrid were the deserved winners. Would you agree with that, though? I think that's a load of rubbish from Ronaldo. I thought Real Madrid were very poor. Uh, They were good in the first half. They dominated in the first half. The fluidity of that front three really caused Atletico Madrid problems. The interchange of positions between Gareth Bale and and Benzema was really, really, really good. Um, The Atletico Madrid sort of defensive midfielders didn't know what to do. And there was a big hole, which we don't usually see with Atletico. But it was kind of how the game played out, where Atletico... Atletico went one goal down and they had to come out and play but then Bale, Benzema and Ronaldo at some points were just coming into that 10 slot picking up the ball and directly running at the Atletico centre-backs and the you know the full-backs and it was, it was a strange, strange old game I thought it would completely go the other way where Real Madrid would have the ball Atletico would be sitting back and they'd be the team counter-attacking but it actually unfolded completely opposite and Atletico had the ball and players like Augusto Fernandez, that is very, very good in a defensive situation where he can defend deep um, play his way out of trouble, play a simple pass. When he actually was given the ball and had, what, uh, five uh, Real Madrid players in midfield and then four behind to break down to get to goal, kind of showed his weakness as a player. And obviously, Simeone got it completely right, taking him off at half-time. Mm. What do you make of Ronaldo then, Chris? Because Edwin Marr writes in, he says, thoughts on Ronaldo's performance in the UCL final. He didn't look 100% fit. was pretty much uh, the game passing by for, for large spells, but obviously stepped up to score that winning penalty. He got his top off straight away mm. and celebrated as if it was, it was all him, essentially. You can't always give skill, but you can always give effort. And I think that's what Ronaldo did. I think he, he didn't look fit. Of course he didn't. He looked in pain at points during that game. But he did drive them forward physically in the sense mm. that he was running hard. His effort was brilliant. And what I would say is on a night where maybe he didn't shine bar the winning penalty, which again, I thought was a moment he deserved, to to be honest with you. Yeah. I think he sort of earned that. And yes, it was all about him. And of course, he was going to take the, the designing penalty because he wants <laughs> those kind of moments. That's what his career is founded. But I thought Gareth Bale really shone as well. Mm. And I think... That game should win him a lot of fans in in Real Madrid Um, because, for me, every time he got the ball, he was trying to do something. He was trying to change the game just a little bit. And the fact that, again, he's not always had the easiest time with their supporters, that should now endear him because, again, two Champions League finals, and he's been influential in both of them, albeit in, in very different ways. Well, on that note, Dave, Matt writes in, he says, is Bale underappreciated at Real Madrid as Chris says they put in a great performance, but Ronaldo's winning pen took most of the headlines. What do you reckon, Dave? I think that, you know, we saw Ronaldo scoring that winner penalty, you know, 16 goals in the Champions League this season, so he did deserve that moment. 
but he didn't score against Atletico, didn't score against Manchester City. So it was an interesting sort of end to the the Ronaldo and Real Madrid sort of season. Gareth Bale really stepped up. He really became that player that they wanted him to be. What I was so frightened about Gareth Bale with his pace, you know, running at the, being very direct against the Atletico fullbacks. And I think they couldn't cope with him at all in that first half. Very energetic. And I think at set pieces as well, he's underrated massively. Getting the flick on for the goal, I think he had two or three chances from from cross areas. Obviously, scored the most goals from his head in European in the Europe's top five leagues this season. So he's a threat, and he's sort of evolving his game in a way. It's taken him a while to evolve again. Obviously, evolving from left back to be that left midfielder that really destroyed people. Now he's then going to rail and being an inside forward, just coming into his left foot, started to become a bit predictable. Now he's becoming unpredictable again, where he's busting a go, getting into the box in at the right times. I think that was crucial to Real Madrid's sort of performance in the first half was Bale's directness and his ability to take on a man and beat a man. What about Zidane's impact at Real Madrid? Because obviously there's a manager who, who's coming halfway through the season, uh, could have been a scapegoat really after Rafa Benitez left, but ran Barcelona close for the league title after they had a little bit of a wobble, wins the Champions League final, becoming the first Frenchman, the first French manager uh, to win the Champions League. I mean, how much credit can we give him for this victory? I think we can give him a lot of credit. Um, the one thing that we said when he first joined was that actually... The, the asset he will have that his predecessor did not is that he can relate to these players in, in a very unique way because not only has he been on their level, he's been at that football club when he was on their level. And in fact, you could argue he actually was far above some of those players' level. But the ability to relate to them on a human level, <laughs> I've used that one a fair few times, <laughs> the ability to relate to them as human beings, I think that builds a lot of bridges in terms of working for him and adopting his style and wanting to do what he tells them he would like to do. And for me, that has been a really important factor. Certainly, he's improved them tactically. I think he's given them more freedom, which is needed in a team containing those kind of players because there's, there is there's a lot of attacking quality in that team. And I think that's something that, that Benitez undervalued and, and tried to get them almost to the point of being too defensive relative to the players around them. And that's something he's founded on himself as a coach. It's about stopping the opposition scoring first before we try and score. Zidane has a bit more freedom to it. There's a bit more, we're, we're too good for them to stop us. Yeah. And I think having the confidence to play that deserves a lot of credit as well. Because this is the thing, it, it's so much easier to stick than twist in football. Hmm. And the fact that he's been willing to approach things, and in fairness, it's, you know, it hasn't been uh, unanimously perfect for him. They haven't won the league, but they have won the Champions League. And I think last night against Atletico, we saw him adapt a little bit more. We saw him actually play to the opposition a little bit, but yeah. do it in the right ways. I think Chris hits the nail on the head there, Dave, uh, off the pitch. You know, we've heard the players like Bannon Ronaldo come out and say, you know, uh, Zidane has given them that freedom. He's given them confidence. And there's been a new togetherness about the team since he's come in. Um, on the pitch, though, Casemiro has obviously been a big part of, of Zidane's success. He's become an axis of the team. We had Diego Simeone before the game pointing out that he's the key player, the key danger man almost uh, for Real Madrid. I mean, and it, it turned out to be that way, really. Well, I think he's been absolutely crucial. We look at the stats in the league. I think uh, with Casemiro, they've won 87% of their games compared to 53% when he's not played. So it's evident there in the statistics. But what he does give them is that aggression and that ability to uh, stick. When everyone else is bombing forward, he is that man that's covering. He's covering the fullbacks, which he did very, very well yesterday. Covering Marcelo when he pushed forward. But he was very aggressive, got in the right 
it got in the right place at the right time. Uh, it was just a very, very good performance from him defensively. Obviously, Real Madrid sat back a lot. We didn't expect that. So it sort of fell into his, uh, fell into his game. You know, he won three tackles, uh, made seven, into, uh, seven clearances Sorry, in the game. But for me, he was absolutely outshone by another defensive midfielder. And that is Gabri. Gabri does not deserve to be today sitting there with our Champions League winner's medal. He was my man of the match by a country mile. Completed more passes than any other player on the pitch. Won more tackles, made more interceptions played that crucial pass to Wanfram for the goal, and it was an excellent display. Yes, Casemiro's good, and yes, Casemiro's been crucial to this team, but mm. Gabby single-handedly kept Atletico in this final. There, there, there were so many times where he was the man that was in the penalty area that like, intercepted or got the block or pushed a player wide, nicked it, came out with such composure on the ball. And I still it's a bit, you know, Casemiro, yeah, again, he, he does deserve the plaudits because they won the game, but I feel like if Gabby had played... In Casemiro's position, Real Madrid would have won three, four, five, one. You know, I think that's the impact that Gabi unfortunately has had in the latter stage of his career, now 32 years old, that doesn't have a Spanish cap. And, you know, imagine if he was English. It would be heralded as the next Messi. But he just was unfortunate on the wrong side. I think with Simeone as well and uh, Zidane, I thought that Zidane won the first half. But Simeone won the rest of the game. The only slight mistake I'd say with what Simeone made was in extra time. He kind of changed his system. So at halftime, what he needed to do was bring off um, Fernandez and bring on Carrasco, which he did very well. They had to switch mm. to a 4-3-3. They were getting outnumbered in the centre of the park and they were too dis- disjoint from front to back. They needed the extra man in there. They needed Koke inside. They needed Saul inside. And he did that. Gabri became the single holder and absolutely you know, sh- you know, grabbed the show there. But having Koke centrally... And getting the ball to for, uh, Carrasco was so, so crucial to their attack. And getting Griezmann wide to really trouble Marcelo on the counter-attack. And I think that potentially Simeone may have gone into the game sort of believing in his own tactics a little bit too much and not playing the situation and playing the game where Real Madrid had three in midfield. He should have matched them with three in midfield and they probably would have won the tie. The little critique I do have of um, Simeone was as soon as they scored that goal and equalised, they went back to a 4-4-2 shape, which a bit, it was a bit of a mistake because in football, when you've got the momentum, keep the momentum and keep attacking, I think they could have won that game in, in 90 minutes if they'd stick with a 4-3-3. That's interesting. Um, Harrison Buckley writes in, Chris, he says, what are Atleti missing? Two finals that have lost now, unfortunately. Maybe they need someone who's done it and won it all. I mean, do you think they're lacking experience? Ronaldo came out after the game and said, you know, uh, Ronaldo's, well, Real Madrid's experience is what saw them through. I, th- I think you, you could get mired in the debate of is it experience or is it mentality? Which I'm Love sure mentality our, our absent friend, Mr. McKenna, I'm sure we <laughs> now jump in with something far more intelligent than I can tell you. And what I mean by that is I looked at the Griezmann penalty in, in normal time and everything about the way he approached that said, I'm incredibly nervous, which is understandable. Huge stage, will be remembered forever. The fact that he was so quick with his approach to it as well, nothing about it said, I'm confident I'm ready to take this. You contrast that with Ronaldo's fifth penalty in extra time in the shootout, there was so much more composure there. And I'm not entirely sure if that's just experience. I think part of that is also the way he thinks, because credit to Ronaldo, that's not the first time he's taken a big penalty. And he's missed some in the past. So, again, it's that notion of, and Real Ferdinand's talked about this, that it's it's so much more about your, your mentality over your actual talent and whether you can handle a situation. He always cites Ravel Morrison being sort of the best example and the fact that Pogba and people like that looked up to Ravel Morrison in the Man United Academy. But it was the likes of Pogba that had the mentality needed to elevate themselves to that level. And... It can come with experience, I think of course it can to a degree, 
it's that chicken and egg thing, though, which comes first, the wins or the mentality. Mm. Uh, I think if they could, if if they could get someone of that ilk, perhaps to raise the level slightly, it wouldn't be the worst thing. But then equally, you look at it and say there's five penalties to take. So if you get one guy in, you might just score one more penalty than you missed. And even then, the, the penalty shot itself was such fine margins because it was it was one miss. It yeah. was one off the post as well. Them. It wasn't like it was if over. all of them tanked it. Yeah. yeah, if I think if all of them had tanked it, I'd say yes. You clearly need to to kind of add more pieces in there that have, have been there and won things. But actually, the margin was so fine. So close again, Dave. Um, J. James Alwood writes in: What now for Simeone? Can he take them further, or should he seek a new challenge? I mean, what do you reckon? Because obviously, two finals now in the last three years, falling at the last hurdle. But it feels like there's almost more to come from this Athletic Madrid team. Yeah, I think we saw yesterday that their adaptability again was on show going from defence to possession is a massive switch and change. Something that we've not seen in a, this Atletico Madrid team recently. What he needs to do is just he, it's a similar thing, just needs to keep going. I think that potentially upgrading someone like Fernando Torres didn't have the greatest of games, to be quite honest, was very poor. I think he completed only five passes in 120 minutes. This is not really good enough for a forward that you need to be able to play off in a way to hold up. I thought that this Atletico Madrid team had evolved further than it had done. You know, you think of players like Diego Costa, again, if he could have been there last night with Antoine Griezmann, now that would have won them the game, you'd say. that Having that calibre of striker in there would have won them the game. I thought that they'd moved on. I thought Torres could have done a job last night, but he was quite poor. The only, obviously, big thing that he got was winning that penalty, but apart from that, he was quite poor. Didn't really get himself involved enough. Uh, It sort of felt like he was getting bullied by Pepe and getting bullied by Ramos, who had a very, very good game himself. Sergio Ramos scoring the equaliser, but just overall being that sort of Ramos from the, the decimal season that was so physical, was ca- capable of coming out and attacking players in that sort of 10 slot and not being too giddy. That cynical tackle where he got booked was brilliant. You know, uh, Carrasco on the break with, uh, what, two people to go past with it. I think it was a three-on-two at that point, taking him down there. That showed his experience and showed his sort of mentality that he will take a yellow card if needs be. And that was a brilliant, brilliant yellow card. But I feel Atletico maybe a top-class striker, and then maybe another central midfielder, you know, to give a bit of variation, or another winger maybe. So if Griezmann isn't quite getting into the game, you've got Carrasco to go on one side, and then someone else to go on the other side that's still sort of devastating. But you need someone that's young, someone that's hungry, and someone that's mm. going to take on Simeone's mentality. Need to add in a little bit more quality in there, maybe than Kristen, uh, to challenge next season. I think so. I, th- I think again, Dave makes a great point in saying a striker is, is what's needed. Torres for all. Of- one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
the the admiration and the, and the love for what he represents to that club. He's not the caliber needed. He's someone that they picked up cheap that I would say is, has performed slightly above expectation for his age and where his career had gone. They now need to use that money and, and get someone. They did, in fairness, you know, they had Jackson Martinez, but that just didn't work. Yeah. Um, and I think had had that transfer had that situation gone a bit smoother, had it you know yielded the success it was intended to, then we might not be talking about this final in the same way because he would have given them something different. Mm. They thankfully, from an Atletico standpoint, were able to recoup a large portion of that money that they spent on him. So now they can invest that in someone. Um, who that turns out to be, again, we could sit here until the next Champions League final trying to speculate who would be the right man. Lukaku has been linked. Um, not saying it's going to happen, but that would be uh, that would be a very good move, I'd say, for Atletico Madrid. Um, what of Real Madrid then, Chris? Because, I mean, we've talked before about how this is a poorly run club. I mean, when Benitez got sacked, we talked in depth about how Florentino Perez is a big problem at the club. There's no stability there. That's almost holding them back. Yet, two Champions League titles now in the last three seasons. Uh, finally won the decima, obviously, back in 2014 against Atletico. Now the Undecima, as it's apparently called. Um, it, do you feel like they should almost be winning even more? This is obviously one of, if not the most expensively assembled side in football history. Uh, those two European crowns are obviously impressive, but yet only one league title in the last seven years. Should they be even more successful almost? I think they should be making more of an impact in the league. Mm. That is what you can say because credit to, to Barcelona, when they've won the Champions League, the league has often come with it. And the ability to manage competitions like that is very difficult. It is, it is very difficult. I think that's one reason I've always been quite impressed with Max Allegri is because when he replaced Conte, they got to the Champions League final, I think, in his first year. That, to me, shows you can manage things. Whereas for all the credit that I give Antonio Conte for what he did at Juventus, too often his foot was on the pedal to the floor when it didn't need to be. And it meant that when they reached that stage of the season, they were all completely gassed and they couldn't carry it over into the, the last stages of the European competition. Mm. The thing with Real Madrid, is, and this is, again, the crux of it, is I don't know how organised you have to be to win a cup competition. You have to be good. Mm. I don't know how organised you have to be because it's, it's usually it's one night every two weeks, every other month. There's not the consistency needed like there is in the league. What I think you can say to answer your question is, yeah, they should be winning more because they've got the infrastructure to do so. And as we're seeing more and more now with Barcelona struggling to a degree financially to tie down these players for that next generation, that next few years, Real Madrid don't have any of those concerns. And this really is where, if I'm a Real Madrid fan, I'm looking and saying, this is where we need to claw things back. We need to establish a dominance back in Spanish football and really push forward while our, our rivals are, are sort of wobbling slightly. What do you think Real Madrid need to do this summer, Dave? Because obviously, it's um, having won that title, you, you can't rest on your laurels. You need to get bigger, go bigger from here. Uh, Daniel writes in saying, should Real sell Ronaldo and rebuild? I'd say no. I think that Gareth Bale needs to become the Ronaldo in a way before Ronaldo should move on. Ronaldo is still a top, top class footballer 16 goals in the Champions League what 8 more than any other player so he's doubling everyone else's goal scoring tally so he's still at that top level as Kristen said that penalty was unbelievable the composure the run up I think that's what Griezmann, Griezmann needs to work on is a style of taking a penalty I think that's a big thing 
technically, um, people like uh, Clive Woodward, the, the England um, Rugby World Cup winner, who's a great, great sort of coach, analyst and so forth, says the best set piece takers, they have a style. And you're going into the motions of when you have a style. Johnny Wilkinson had a very strange style. David Beckham had a style. Ronaldo has a style. Griezmann needs to adapt that to get to that level. But back to your question. <laughs> I feel we've got to give Bale maybe two more years. Two more years and then he can start being that man, that guy that's going to be scoring 40 goals a season. We saw in Tottenham that he was 20 goals in the Premier League, which is a great return for any Premier League player. But he needs to take that to La Liga and get fit for a year. You know, He's been off, you know, in and out of the Real Madrid team this season just because he's not been fit. I'd sell Hannes Rodriguez, I'd use that money and potentially look to buy some more talented young Spanish players. They've got a Sencho that they bought from maybe Real Mallorca that's been very good this season. Bring him in. I think they need to integrate more young players. If Lucas Vasquez coming in from coming off the bench for Zidane, that was a big, big move. Bringing in someone that's from the Real Madrid Academy that they bought back from Espanyol that defensively is a very good player. You saw the work that he did in the last sort of half of extra time in the first half of extra time he was very very good at getting in front of Danilo Danilo was very very shaky uh, Carrasco caused him all sorts of problems tactically it was a clever thing to do for Zidane was get another right midfielder and sit him in front but I feel like more players need to be integrated from this Real Madrid academy if, it, if they start getting players through they have the capabilities to have an academy on par with Barcelona and that's why I feel Zidane needs to do instead of going out there and spending 50 million quid on someone get some young players in put them into the Castilla maybe and, and look to bring them in. You know, players like um, Odegaard, who's, you know, the, the Norwegian lad that's very, very talented. He's not at the greatest of times at Real Madrid so far. And I think if they can get players like him into the academy, then push them through to the first team, that's probably the better model for Real Madrid. That will win them more league titles in this current policy of getting 80 million quid and going, all right, okay, let's go and buy Anthony Martial for 55 million quid or 130 million quid when he hits the age of 25, 26. They need to produce their own. And that's a big thing for beating Barcelona in the league for me. Right, then let's finish up the Q&A podcast with some questions. Kind of makes sense. Um, John Jay writing in, who is the best central midfielder in the world? He asks Chris. He says, Verratti. To me, it feels like being asked who's the best band in the world because the thing is with central midfield, there are variants in terms of attacking, defence, and it depends what you put more kind of onus on. Yeah. I think Verratti is a beautiful player. I'll give him that. I think he could definitely be the the heir to Pirlo's throne. Um, in terms of midfielders, I enjoy watching the most at the minute. I appreciate he's not the best. I quite enjoy watching Granit Xhaka when I can. Oof. Oof. Um, who is the best band in the world, there, Chris? I mean, you got me thinking. <laughs> uh, that's a tough. That is a that is a question. Um, maybe we'll save that for proclaimers. <laughs> the proclaimers. <laughs> wow, uh, Dave, have you got a, a favourite central midfielder? Maybe he's like almost the most complete. So Chris makes a good point there. You know, where, where's the emphasis on this uh, on, on grading these midfielders? Who's who's the most complete central midfielder in the world for you? I think right now, right this second on current form for me, it's Gabby. Gabby, I knew you. Were I think he's got that. it all. He's got it absolutely. He's got everything, absolutely everything in terms of his passing range, ability to read the game tackle, he's a captain, he, he just has every single attribute you want to have as a central midfielder, apart from maybe having a good long shot. Um, next season, the best central midfielder in world football will be Paul Pogba, full stop. That is going to happen. Ooh, I like mm. that a lot. It's um, a good shot. Next question comes in from Angry Bayern fan, um, probably because he didn't win the Champions League, at Quiff Flick, says, who will win the UCL next season? Not even 24 hours after Real Madrid crowned champions, um, who is going to win it next season? That's a tough question, isn't it? Um, 
things changed so much throughout the season. I thought Barcelona were going to win it again this year, um, but they obviously had their wobble. No team has ever won it back to back, and I'm inclined to think it will stay that way. Um, so I don't think it'll be Real Madrid. Um, I want to see Atletico Madrid put in a bit of a challenge next season, and maybe go all the way. Guardiola coming in to Manchester City. They could go that next level from the semi to the final, especially if Guardiola brings in the players he wants. Um, early, baseless, hypothetical prediction. You know, I'm, I'm going to go for Bayern Munich. Carlo Ancelotti coming in. Uh, the joint most successful manager in the history of the competition. I'm going to go for Bayern Munich. What do you reckon, Chris? I'm going to agree with you. I think yeah. Bayern Munich. He's a specialist. Uh, Dave? Carlo was, yeah, specialist. Oh, they called it last week. Called Bayern Munich last week. But oh, the dark okay. horses again are Juventus. Paul ah. Pogba, Dybala. <sighs> Incredible. <laughs> um, ben Owosu writes in, uh, just how long can we expect Spanish clubs to be dominating European football? Um, obviously, back-to-back winners in the Champions League and the Europa League, I believe that's the first time that's ever happened. Um, Chris, it's it's hard to see the end of the Spanish dominance ending anytime soon, even with these incredible managers coming into the Premier League uh, next season, as we, as we talked about last week. But the Spanish clubs, the best Spanish clubs, are, I don't want to say head and shoulders above, but there does seem to be that extra bit of quality in the Spanish league for those top sides. I, th- I think it ends when Sevilla finish fourth in the Champions League group, um, because that's that's the thing that we keep seeing is they they drop out of the top competition. What you have to say is credit to them because again, for Sevilla to do it three times in the same competition, that to me is impressive. What you can say about the Champions League is. It's been different winners. Mm. I, I do think, again, the, the Spanish dominance, you ignore the elite, i.e. Barcelona, Real Madrid, and what they can do. You look at teams like Sevilla. There's a team that has used its financial or lack of financial power to actually innovate the way that it does transfers. And I think they deserve immense credit for that. And to be honest, I think that's something the Premier League could learn from because all too often in the Premier League, instead of coaching through problems, they seek to solve it with financial aid and buying somebody new. And I think that's something that Spain tends not to do nearly as much. Final question this week then from Matt W at Turtle Muncher. Do you see Atletico uh, still a team that can be drained of all their top players? If so, who do you see leaving? It's an interesting question, Dave. Obviously, after... Uh, the previous final in 2014, when uh, when they obviously lost to Real Madrid, Diego Costa obviously went to Chelsea, uh, Thibaut Courtois returning to Chelsea, Felipe Luis going to Chelsea as well. Chelsea uh, had a thing for Atletico Madrid players there. Um, but yeah, do you see any of the key players leaving this summer, or do you think Diego Simeone can convince them to, to stay together and put another push together for next season? See, it's quite interesting. It's it's similar to what Borussia Dortmund have, where they kept on, you know, their talent kept on getting eaten. Whether it's Aguero, Diego Costa, Falcao, you know, maybe Griezmann this summer. But what you what you see with the players is players like Koke that sort of mentioned, oh yeah, I can can go and sign for a, a big club and get loads of money. But why would I want to do that? I'm in the happiest place right now. And I think with the the Atletico Madrid youth academy that is producing some pretty top players, and they've got quite a young squad. You have got to remember that if if if. Simeone can keep this squad together for the next two to three years. 
then they can become a dominant force. I think that's it. They just need to keep this squad now. You need to, whatever, whoever comes in from Griezmann, they just need to reject absolutely everything. 100 million, whatever, we'll keep him because he's of that calibre. And if they can build on that, yes, that's good. I just feel it's a bit, it's a bit of a stronger side than what Klopp developed at Borussia Dortmund. They're a bit, they're a, they're a tighter knit bunch. They fight for each other a little bit more than that Dortmund team did. And I do feel that they will be able to hold on to their stars. Now I feel that's, you know, players like. Uh, Diego Diego Godin, who turned down moves to Chelsea, Man United, any you know, the teams that went in for him last summer, and they kept these players. I hope that they keep them together, and I hope that Simeone can continue his uh, excellent coach and run so far. Fingers crossed, uh, guys. That brings an end to this weekend's Q and A podcast. Congratulations to Real Madrid, uh, the undecima, I believe, as they call it in Spain, now the eleventh. European title, a uh, fantastic achievement for them. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, sending your questions for next week at the front three on Twitter. Remember to leave your iTunes reviews. For now, though, Dave, where can the good mm. people find more of your face and work if they're that way inclined? Well, I think they've got to go on Facebook, search yeah. the front three, give it a like there. But what I'd like to say, Adam, is I think it's called the Gary Decima. I did my Googling before, what? went on Google, tra- Google Translate, and it's, it's the Gary Gold Decima that no. they've got now. That, is that the tra- actual translation in... That's, that's what it's supposed to call me, yeah. It's, um, it's in Spanish. Chris, uh, thank you very much for standing in for Lawrence once again. For now, though, where can the good people find you? Because technology is crucial, Chris. It is. And if you type my name into Facebook <laughs> and scroll past the news stories... Yeah. Then all you the, will find a page. <laughs> all the news stories about your life, all the paparazzi following you about. Yeah, Scroll past all that garbage. He's falling out of China Whites. Yeah. Jody Marsh. Nice. Um, <laughs> nice. That one, that's very niche. I can't think a single one of our American listeners will get that one. <laughs> Who um, the fuck is Jody Marsh? leave Save Search on if you search her name would be my advice. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you anyway. Can find, <laughs> you can find uh, me on Facebook at my name which should be in the description we'll be back on Wednesday as will Lawrence back off his holiday we'll see you then until Wednesday have a bloody good week hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing I love that luxury quality within reach go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order quince.com slash style